This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Christmas is coming early for small business, and it may have something to do with the upcoming election. Finance Minister Charles Souza is set to deliver his fiscal update this afternoon, and according to early reports, it will give small business significant tax breaks to offset paying employees a higher minimum wage. And the word is that corporate income tax rates for small business owners will drop to 3.5% from 4.5% on January 1st. And that, of course, is the same time. That minimum wage jumps to $14, and uh, a year from then it will go up again to $15. On the other side of the equation, Ontario is also set to improve the existing apprentice training credit so that it encompasses more trades uh, and increases the number of apprenticeships for minority groups. So, Is this going to be enough? After all, some business groups have warned that raising the minimum wage could cost between 50 and 90,000 jobs. We want to hear from you. Is this something that you like to see the government doing? Will it make you likely or more likely to vote for them? 416 360 toll free 1-866-740-4740. Right now, let's go to uh, Plamen Petkov, who is the Vice President for Ontario at the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, and to Jordan Brennan, who is an economist with Unifor. Guys, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Libby. Thank you, Libby. Okay, Plamen, let's start with you. Uh, what do you make of these reports? Is it going to be enough to offset uh, the disruption or the added costs that small businesses will be facing? Well, thank you, Libby. And, and first of all, I think it's important that to acknowledge that, uh, you know, finally we see some signs from the provincial government uh, to do something for small business. We spent the last uh, four or five months um, asking the government to really take a good hard look at the economic impact of uh, the proposed minimum wage increase and, and the labor reforms. So what, uh, based on some media reports, again, we haven't seen the full package yet, but based on what we know so far, um, it, it seems that uh, Minister of Finance is going to uh, announce uh, several measures. Um, my understanding is that you know, the, tax, the small business tax rate will be cut by one percentage point. There will be some incentives to hire youth. Um, by small businesses and also some changes to uh, apprenticeship training programs to cover more programs. So um, on, on their own, all of these measures sound like a really good measures. And, 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 and these are things that CFIB has been advocating for uh, over uh, many years uh, to, to help uh, support small businesses. Um, one thing that obviously we have to keep in mind that this is happening um, at the backdrop of an unprecedented minimum wage increase starting January 1st. So uh, the question really for us is, you know, how many businesses are going to benefit from, from these measures? And, uh, you know, um, is it going to be enough 
specifically for those businesses that are right now struggling to, to meet payroll and are worried about January 1st, uh, 2018. Um, one thing to point out, for example, the small business tax rate reduction is going to benefit, but it's going to benefit only those businesses that make profit. And they're going to see that benefit in 2019. At the same time, starting January 1st, 2018, they have to fa face uh, the, the reality of paying a $14 minimum wage. So, you know, our concern is really uh, not so much for the businesses that are making profit and benefiting from a small business tax rate reduction, but for the businesses that are struggling to meet payroll uh, right now. And uh, quite frankly, that is not going to help them too much. Okay, um, let's go to Jordan Brennan. Uh, what do you make of these uh, announcements or uh, almost announcements? Uh, is it going to encourage employment, employment of youth, uh, minority employment? Are these things that we need or uh, are these just a way to appeal to the electorate? Well, uh, let me just correct one thing Plemon said there. Um, he said that the minimum wage increase that will start next year is unprecedented, and it actually isn't. Um, in 20, uh, the, the, the total increase over two years to the minimum wage in 2018 and 2019 will be 28 percent, based on my, my, my calculations uh, after, after factoring in inflation. We had a 48 percent increase between 1969 and 1971. Three years in a row, we, we boosted the minimum wage after inflation 48%, nearly twice as high as the coming increase uh, in, the, in the next two years. And, uh, and we didn't see massive job loss or job destruction in that period. We saw actually robust job uh, creation. So that's just something uh, worth bearing in mind. Now, with respect to um, Minister Seuss's announcements, uh, I think it, just as a background comment, I think it makes very good economic sense to to encourage young people to, to go into the skilled trades and to encourage business to hire young people through these apprenticeship training programs. When, when major employers look uh, to invest in a jurisdiction, you know, global employers, when they look to invest in a jurisdiction, they consider many things, including uh, the cost of production and proximity to the final customer. But a, a major determinant is do they have the skilled workforce on hand locally to, to actually perform the, the work being done? And so this, this measure uh, will looks geared towards incentivizing business to, to hire uh, more young people from diverse backgrounds into the skilled trades, and uh, in, it gives uh, business an economic incentive to, to do that hiring. So from that standpoint, I, I think that that does make good sense. On the tax side of things, um, uh, my my perspective is is that this is more of a political uh, move than an, uh, an economic move. Um, uh, as Plemon said there, that uh, business has been lobbying to to, to get some uh, reduction in, in corporate tax uh, to offset the increase in the minimum wage. One thing you we have to consider is we don't necessarily want to encourage businesses to stay small. Um, we want to encourage businesses to grow and expand and invest and hire. Uh, and uh, and by, by keeping it cheaper for businesses to remain small, we actually disincentivize that growth. Hmm. That's an interesting take. Um, Plowman, do you see this more as a political move as well? Well, we're getting very close to an election. And, uh, you know, if, if this if we. Uh, label this as a political move, then we also have to go back to the minimum wage announcement and the labor reforms. And um, then we ask ourselves, uh, is that a political move as well? I mean, 
you know, uh, during this debate, lots of, lots of opinions have been shared. Uh, I do call it unprecedented uh, in terms of the minimum wage increase because that is what the premier called it uh, when she first announced it uh, on May 31st. That, that was, uh, those were her direct uh, words. Um, and I, I think Jordan should benefit from, uh, you know, you sharing uh, what you just shared in terms of uh, some history on this as well. Um, let's not kid ourselves. I mean, we're just months away from an election. And, uh, you know, politicians like to play the political game. Our job is really to look and, and to say, even if this is a political move, what is the impact going to be? And if the minimum wage increase is a political move, uh, it is very clear to us that the impact on small business who are going to, you know, pay for uh, the cost of it. Uh, government is not paying for minimum wage increases. Government, in fact, is going to get more to generate uh, more revenue from personal income tax. Um, you know, uh, and, and so at the end of the day is what is the price attached to these, uh, you know, if we call them political moves? And, uh, you know, quite frankly, um, like I said, a one percentage point uh, decrease in the small business tax rate uh, puts Ontario in the middle of the pack when it comes to uh, other provinces. If you look at Manitoba, uh, the NDP government there before the current government, they actually reduced the small business tax rate to zero. And it's not like we don't see any businesses growing in Manitoba. It's, I don't think it's a deterrent for businesses to grow, uh, but it does help those businesses that are not struggling, that they're struggling right now. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, uh, Jordan was talking about the measures to encourage uh, skilled trades and employment, and that's all well and good. But um, on, Ontario is, you know, heading to becoming a knowledge economy, uh, which, uh, you know, it, it, that doesn't, skilled trades aren't involved in that. And, and uh, so do you see that as a political move, zeroing in on, on that particular sector? Well, I actually, I do believe, I actually agree with Jordan on this point, is that it is important to continue investing in apprenticeship. Um, we do have a lot of members of CFIB who actually offer apprenticeship training. Um, you know, in fact, a lot of uh, the skilled trades work, uh, the, the first job happens at a small business, and, and then that's kind of like the stepping stone for the, uh, for the employee to, to move into a bigger, in, into a bigger company. So um, as much as, you know, the economy is shifting, as much as we're focusing more on, on tech jobs, um, it, it's not like we can phase out uh, apprenticeship and skills trade. So, um, you know, that's a very important, that's a very, uh, you know, valuable sector uh, still to the economy. I, I, I think it will continue to be for, for the near future. In fact, if you look at skill shortages right now, it's probably a lot tougher to find an electrician in Ontario uh, than to find, uh, you know, somebody to work in an office, an administrative job, for sure. Um, so, you know, like I said earlier, on its own, these are good measures. Each one of these measures uh, would benefit, uh, would bring some benefit to, uh, to, to some uh, small businesses. Um, again, we, we shouldn't lose sight of the context uh, that, that these measures are being introduced. And, and of course, that is uh, the massive cost impact that... Uh, Bill 148 is going to have on, on small and medium-sized businesses. Okay, and Jordan, what do you say to that? Do you worry as well that um, these measures could have the kind of impact that business has been warning about, which is thousands of lost jobs? Um, do I worry about it? Not really. Um, you know, people. I understand the concern people have. Uh, I've been actually very encouraged by, you know, these studies come out by the Financial Accountability Office and, and TD Bank did a study and a number of sort of business think tanks did studies on this. 
And the headline-grabbing numbers were always the job loss numbers, the projected job loss numbers. But I, I read all of those studies, and, and I, I was really encouraged at how many people, how many, you know, sort of blue-blooded conservative-type uh, organizations were actually supportive of the minimum wage. So the TD Bank study, they actually said the $15 minimum wage makes good economic sense. They just uh, expressed some concern about the timeline. Yeah. So, so yes, I, I understand that concern. I don't think the data necessarily bears out the, the fear of huge job losses. Like the uh, in the case of the financial accountability study, I think that was probably the the, the best study that I read. They projected 50,000 upwards of 50,000 uh, uh, disemployment. The disemployment effects would add up to 50,000 jobs. You have to keep in mind here; these aren't actually job losses. When, when when an economist says a disemployment effect, they don't mean someone's getting a pink slip and they're going to be fired. They mean that that future job creation may decelerate. And that's a different thing entirely from someone who actually has a job now losing it. Um, and furthermore, I mean, many of the, the, the projections were young people. So, so, you know, people who are young and come from affluent households, their hours would be scaled back or, or they would have uh, fewer job opportunities in the future. But we're talking about lifting the, the labor market floor here, something that will affect 2 million people probably. So when you're talking about 50,000 potential jobs being adversely affected over the next two to three years versus lifting two million people up in terms of their income right now in the present, in the policy trade-off game, even if we accept the job numbers, which I actually don't, but even if we were to accept them, that's such a, a tremendous policy victory, as far as I can tell, that, that, that that's something that should be encouraged or celebrated. Okay, and Plamen, uh, we're starting to wrap things up here. What would you like to leave us with? Well, I think um, a key point that uh, we also need to, uh, I think, uh, bring up is the fact that, you know, we are making all these assumptions. We're looking at different studies. And quite frankly, it's not the job of the financial accountability officer. It's not the job of, of TD Bank or business groups to come up with this analysis. This should have been done by the government. Uh, they should have done the economic analysis themselves before making this announcement, before making the commitment to make to go to $15 minimum wage. Why did they pick that number? Why did they pick that timeline? It is very arbitrary, right? And and so, of course, concerns are being raised in terms of impact, concerns are being raised about the timeline. And the timeline is based on absolutely no specific evidence as far as I know. Um, you know, I don't see any supporting evidence to go to $14 minimum wage on January 1st, 2018. Uh, you know, why that number, why that time frame? That is a big question mark. That is a, a question mark that the government cannot answer. Uh, and, and I wish I wish they, they focused on a sound policy as opposed to a sound bite policy, uh, because, uh, you know, quite frankly, these are major changes and they should have been based on evidence, not just on, uh, you know, specific political uh, thinking uh, and alignment. Okay, well, of course, uh, that economic statement uh, comes down uh, later this afternoon. And uh, again, it's ahead of election. And I'm sure we will hear from our audience, the voters, about what they think of it. In the meantime, thank you so much to Plamen Petkoff, Vice President for Ontario for the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, and Jordan Brennan, an economist with Uniform. Thanks so much. Okay, bye-bye. Take care.
All right. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about your health. We're going to be talking about a very important thing. Hypertension is something very, very common. The guidelines for hypertension uh, were changed in the United States. Uh, We here are ahead of that curve, but I thought uh, it would be a very good opportunity to go over the numbers, what they mean for you. We're going to be uh, on the line with a cardiologist, so you can call and ask questions about your own situation, uh, and uh, that's coming right up. Let me give you the numbers before we go to break. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740, and we'll be talking about hypertension and your numbers when we return. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. 